June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, our bottles might still look the same, but some of them can be remade in a whole new way. Using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles made using no new plastic except the caps and labels. You'll be seeing more of these new bottles in more places, and that's thanks to you. Because when we get more bottles back, we can use less new plastic. Learn how our bottles are made to be remade at madetoberemade.org. Great people of Iowa, thank you. We love you all. Iowa was very good to us, but we are super excited to be here in New Hampshire. We'll sweep to victory just like we did in Florida. The Republican race for president takes a new turn. Thank you very much, everybody. What we're learning from Donald Trump's decisive victory in Iowa, the CBS Evening News begins right now. Good evening, I'm Nora O'Donnell, and thank you for being with us on this Tuesday night. Tonight, Donald Trump, fresh off his record-setting win in the Iowa caucuses, is now in New Hampshire after a trip to a New York City courthouse. Look, these are live pictures of his rally tonight where he will address voters in the Granite State. We're in New Hampshire tonight speaking with voters ahead of the next contest in the race for the Republican nomination. And CBS's Robert Costa is here to discuss the road ahead for the remaining candidates. Also tonight, we're hearing for the first time the 911 calls that led to a two-week hospital stay for the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, hear his aide asking for secrecy. But we begin with the weather most of us are experiencing. More than 70% of the country is feeling a deep freeze. 17 people have died, and there's another storm coming. We have that forecast in a moment. Major cities like New York's and Philadelphia are getting their biggest snowfalls in about two years, and even the Florida panhandle had sleet. Here in Washington, a snow day with kids having a snowball fight on the National Mall with the U.S. Capitol in the background. And the dangerous weather around the country is leading to travel chaos. Today alone, nearly 10,000 flights were either canceled or delayed. CBS's Nikki Batiste has been speaking with frustrated travelers at LaGuardia Airport in New York. 
Tonight, the Arctic blast, along with high winds and blinding snow, swept through the Northeast. The extreme cold and snow forcing airlines to cancel or delay flights. At New York's LaGuardia Airport, more than 200 cancellations since yesterday. How are you feeling? Frustrated. I was crying down at baggage claim. I'm frustrated too. Handling all of it has been really stressful. In Nashville, a ground stop on Monday left hundreds of passengers stuck on the tarmac, some for almost seven hours after de-icing trucks ran out of fuel. So then we were left to wait and not knowing what was coming there. It's a mess throughout the Midwest. At Chicago's O'Hare Airport, negative 20-degree wind chills are hampering operations. Roxana Saberi is there. Two of the biggest airlines told CBS News the cold here is taking a toll on equipment, batteries, and staff who have to work outside. But winter weather elsewhere is also leading to delays and cancellations here. Trouble on the rails, too, as crews in Chicago worked through the night setting fire to train tracks to get rid of ice buildup. And some Tesla drivers are struggling to charge their vehicles, saying the cold is draining their batteries. I've been here for over five hours at this point. The south is also getting hit with unusually frigid conditions. Icy roads wreaking havoc in Alabama, this semi slipping and sliding along the highway. In Houston, there's been more than 100 ice-related accidents since midnight. Back on the East Coast, cities like New York, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. saw their first significant snowfall in more than 700 days. Along with those cancellations here at LaGuardia Airport, there have also been nearly 500 delays, leaving many travelers stuck here overnight. A group of women stranded for their second night told me they are tired and frustrated, but they say weather is weather. Nora? I'd be frustrated, too. Nikki Batiste, thank you so much. Well, the snow and cold we are feeling now will soon move offshore, but yet another cross-country storm is right on its heels. For the forecast, let's bring in Weather Channel meteorologist Mike Bettis. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening. That's right. We've got accumulating snow in I-95 quarter territory here, meaning that a lot of us picked up our first one-inch snow in years, but it's now on the way out, exiting up through Maine here. Places like New Hampshire, Vermont get a little bit of light snow still to go, but everything is gone by tomorrow morning's commute. However, the cold air really does remain entrenched here. Very cold wind chills overnight tonight that go all the way down to the Gulf Coast. In the west, it's all about winter storm indigo and the ice here. Significant ice right along I-5 here from Washington back down through Oregon. Power outages and significant travel delays anticipated. Now, parts of that system combined with another one up in Canada late in the week. And what it does, it takes aim at the Ohio Valley and the northeast. And what that means is continuing snow Thursday through the weekend. Mike Bettis, thank you. Turning now to our other top story, the race for the Republican nomination. With the Iowa caucuses in the history books, the remaining candidates are moving on to next week's New Hampshire primary. But before returning to the campaign trail, frontrunner Donald Trump took a detour to attend day one of the defamation trial against him in New York, where he's accused of spreading lies about the woman he's been found liable of sexually abusing. Caitlin Huey Burns is at the site of a Trump rally in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Fresh off a resounding victory in Iowa, former President Donald Trump went straight to a Manhattan courtroom, where he faces writer E. Jean Carroll in a defamation suit against him. Trump's legal woes have bolstered his campaign among Republican voters. In Iowa, 65% of caucus goers said he would still be fit for the presidency, even if he were convicted of a crime. 
and in New Hampshire, supporters who stood in line in the snow to see him say numerous trials don't bother them. I think all of it is a distraction. His policy is so important to me and what he's going to do for the country. I can overlook that. New Hampshire catapulted Trump to the nomination in 2016 after a loss in the Iowa caucuses. This time around, Nikki Haley is hoping for similar redemption here, tapping the state's independent or undeclared voters who make up more than 39 percent of the electorate. I believe the New Hampshire primary is going to be far more indicative of the general election, and Nikki's going to resonate with undeclared voters like myself. We've been here for 11 months. We've done 75-plus town halls, answering every question, shaking every hand. You've described this as a two-person race between yourself and Donald Trump. Does that mean you need to take the case more aggressively to Donald Trump? Yes, it's about the differences between Trump and with me. And I'll tell you, look, we don't want two 80-year-olds to be our options. Ron DeSantis is still campaigning, despite finishing 30 points behind Trump in second place in Iowa. The Florida governor went to Haley's home turf in South Carolina, trying to blunt her momentum. I mean, she's not going to win New Hampshire either. Donald Trump obviously, you know, you know, won, a, won, won a good victory, but, you know, half the people wanted somebody else. In the last three competitive Republican presidential primaries here in New Hampshire, the winner went on to win the eventual party nomination. And Donald Trump is taking nothing for granted. He's expected to campaign here in New Hampshire nearly every day this week. Nora? All right, Caitlin Huey Burns at that rally tonight. Thank you. Now let's now bring in CBS's chief election and campaign correspondent, Robert Costa. All right, Robert, a blowout for Donald Trump in Iowa. What does this mean now for Nikki Haley? Ron DeSantis. Does Nikki Haley get more aggressive? Uh, she might get more aggressive, but this is a make or break week for Ambassador Haley. With the debate now canceled this week, she's going to lose an opportunity to generate traction in New Hampshire. Debates have, have been the way she's gotten so far in this race to become someone who's close to being the runner up to Trump in, in a lot of these polls. But now, can she really get a coalition of independents, Democrats and traditional Republicans? That's an open question. And she doesn't have a big moment on the calendar at this point. Last night, Donald Trump in his victory speech in Iowa was conciliatory. He was talking about bringing people together, an intentional shift. It's a message, but it's also a strategy. Talking to Trump's top advisors today, they say they're pushing the whole Republican Party to coalesce. They want this race over, Nora. They don't want DeSantis lingering. They don't want Haley in this race uh, up until Super Tuesday. They believe with his commanding victory in Iowa, he can now storm ahead in New Hampshire. And South Carolina is no guarantee for Ambassador Haley. It's become Trump country since she was governor. And you point that out about New Hampshire. Even if Nikki Haley were to have a good uh, primary there in New Hampshire, a win or a close second, then South Carolina. But then March 5th is Super Tuesday. Doesn't it get nearly impossible for any challenger to Donald Trump then? The, the window is very much closing for Ambassador Haley, but some of the biggest Republican donors in the country tell me they're ready to pour millions behind Haley's campaign. The challenge for her is this is a transformed Republican Party. Despite January 6th, despite Trump's legal challenges, she's not taking them on because she knows most Republican voters don't care. All right. Robert Costa, following the heartbeat of this campaign, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, tonight we're getting our first listen to the 911 call for an ambulance to transport Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. The caller is heard asking the operator for no lights and no siren on the ambulance because, quote, we're trying to remain a little subtle. Now, this adds more questions to what the Pentagon was trying to hide about the defense secretary's illness. CBS's Weijia Jiang reports from the White House. 911, where is your emergency? 
Tonight, the 911 call just obtained by CBS News reveals an aide to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin asked the dispatcher to keep the emergency discreet. Can I ask, but can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off, uh, but they're required by law to run with them with the main street. The operator then asks for details about Austin's condition. Did he pass out or does he feel like he's going to pass out? Uh, no. Austin was taken to the hospital on New Year's Day with an infection that stemmed from complications after surgery to treat prostate cancer just over two weeks earlier. In a statement, Austin's doctor said he had severe pain in his leg, hip, and abdomen. I'm just curious if we need them to take him to Walter Reed Medical, is that a possibility? Um, let them know that when they get there. Like I said, I'm noting all this in the call. The 911 call adds to questions about why President Biden did not find out about Austin's hospitalization for three days. Neither did his deputy, who had taken over Austin's duties while she was on vacation in Puerto Rico. Despite calls for Austin's resignation, the president says he's not considering firing him. Do you have a and Secretary Austin? I do. I'm sorry. Was it a option? Do I to tell you earlier? Yes. But tonight, the Pentagon has not responded to our request for a comment about that 911 call. The inspector general, though, continues to investigate why it took Austin so long to disclose his hospitalization. Nora. Major Jang at the White House, thank you. The U.S. Navy is still searching tonight for two Navy SEALs lost at sea during a mission to stop Iranian weapons from making it to Yemen. And we are just learning what their team found, missile parts bound for the Houthi rebels. And tonight, the Biden administration is reversing itself and is expected to redesignate the group a terrorist organization. And it comes on the same day that the U.S. military carried out a third round of strikes on the Houthis. CBS's Charlie Daggett has the latest now on this widening conflict. The assault of Gaza continued today, but Israel's fight against Hamas has triggered a dramatic escalation in attacks across the region. Off the coast of Yemen, new video shows Iranian-backed Houthis in a song and dance with new recruits aboard the Galaxy Leader cargo ship. Seized back in November, now turned into part trophy, part floating amusement park off the coast of Yemen, and a propaganda tool used to make a mockery of the American-led threats. But following last week's U.S.-U.K. bombardment, those threats turned to action again. The U.S. military says fighter jets struck four anti-ship ballistic missiles preparing to launch from Houthi territory in Yemen. Barely 24 hours after an attack on a U.S.-operated cargo ship, a Greek-owned ship was struck today by a Houthi missile in the Red Sea. Near the coast of Somalia, the U.S. military released these new images, Iranian-supplied warheads and missile parts confiscated from this ship headed to Houthi militants in Yemen in an operation in which two Navy SEALs were lost at sea. At the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said, this goes beyond a regional problem. This is a global challenge. We're talking about a vital artery of global commerce, uh, a critical maritime choke point, 
that's being held hostage. Despite U.S.-led attempts, the Houthis say they'll keep hitting that choke point as long as Israel keeps hitting Gaza. And there's no sign tonight of either of those battles coming to an end anytime soon. The Israeli military has been withdrawing a significant amount of troops out of northern Gaza. But, Nora, we went to that border today. We saw the Iron Dome in action intercepting Hamas rockets even as Israeli soldiers pulled back. Really interesting, Charlie Daggett. Thank you very much. The man accused in the serial killings of three women on New York's Long Island was back in court today. 60-year-old Rex Hewerman was formally indicted for the murder of a fourth woman who was just 25 years old after DNA testing linked him to the crime. That's not the only evidence that prosecutors laid out today in a lengthy and startling document. CBS's Carolyn Gussoff was inside the courtroom. I was only seven years old when my mother was murdered. Today, prosecutors announced suspected serial killer Rex Hewerman will face an additional murder charge for the 2007 death of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Investigators say DNA from discarded pizza crust and burner phone evidence tied him to the three other murders. Prosecutors say law enforcement seized hundreds of electronic devices from Hewerman's home and business, which revealed disturbing Google searches. Hewerman has pleaded not guilty to the murders. You're talking about a, a gentleman who has never been arrested before, and he's claiming he didn't do this. Brainard Barnes' body was tied with a belt stamped with initials, which the DA says could have belonged to one of Hewerman's relatives. Hair on the belt was allegedly linked to Hewerman's wife through DNA. Investigators followed his daughter on the Long Island Railroad and collected a discarded energy drink can to connect Hewerman to Brainerd Barnes, according to newly released court documents. To see all of the types of searches that he did on the Internet and the topics that are listed one by one by one. It is rare indeed to find that kind of detail. So you know that the government has circumstantial evidence, but they have plenty of it. Prosecutors say that Hewerman, that evidence shows that Hewerman's wife and daughter were out of town when all four of the murders took place. The DA adds that the grand jury will continue to review evidence in the six still unsolved murders along Gilgo Beach. Nora? Yeah, those were such disturbing details to learn today. Carolyn Gussoff, thank you. A 10-year-old boy is bitten by a shark in the Bahamas. We've got the details next. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration needed for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything, from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million. Atlassian Software is built to help keep you connected and moving together as one. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tonight, a 10-year-old boy, Maryland boy, is recovering after he was bitten by a shark in the Bahamas. Officials say it happened Monday afternoon at a resort on Paradise Island while the boy was in a shark tank exhibit. He was taken to the hospital and listed in stable condition. Police have not identified the resort where this happened. Elton John joins a very exclusive group of entertainers on an emotional night at the Emmy Awards. That's next. Elton John is now a member of the exclusive EGOT Club. The Rocketman singer won an Emmy Award Monday night for Outstanding Live Variety Special for his Disney Plus concert movie from his farewell tour. The win makes him the 19th entertainer to have earned an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. That's EGOT. Well, in an emotional moment, Christina Applegate, who's been battling multiple sclerosis since 2021, got a standing ovation as she took the stage. Diversity was another big winner with five acting Emmys going to performers of color. Two New Jersey towns find a way to get around divided politics by electing brothers. That's next. Let's talk about my mochi ice cream. Why? Because friends do not let friends miss out on something this good. My mochi is premium ice cream wrapped in sweet soft dough, and the flavors are amazing. Like my mochi double chocolate with rich chocolatey bits, it's a chocolate lover's dream. Or don't get me started on my mochi strawberry ice cream. It's cool, creamy, and bursting with natural berry flavor. And the sweet, luscious flavor of my mochi mango will send your taste buds straight to the tropics. My mochi is gluten-free, perfectly portioned, and only around 90 calories per piece. Taste the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream today. Find My Mochi at Walmart or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Say goodbye to performance-robbing engine deposits with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hate to break it to you, but lower-grade fuel can leave deposits in your engine that build up over time and leave your engine's performance severely lacking. Thankfully, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus removes up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits with continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors. Download the Shell app today to find your nearest Shell station and rejuvenate your engine with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Fuel up at Shell. Finally tonight, CBS's Meg Oliver with two New Jersey brothers who turned public service into a family calling. I'm in charge of Greenwich Township, also known as Gibbstown, New Jersey. Over here. Yeah, over here, to my left. And you? Paulsburg, New Jersey, to our right. Ah, to our right. Meet the Giovanniti brothers, newly elected mayors of neighboring towns in South Jersey. Hey, hey, John. This is the first term for John and the second for Vince. Growing up in a family of seven kids, they're used to sharing. 
What was it like sharing a bedroom with three brothers? Oh, what time is it? <laughs> oh, my God. Both Democrats now sharing the same job title. We're just a real nice, classic American town. The towns are intertwined. We go to their church, and so it's all connected in a positive way. The sons of a local butcher and homemaker saw their family support the community. Whether it's a church, a senior citizens club, and I think when you're growing up, you see that community service, and you feel like, well, that's part of what we were taught, and we have to do it. My three favorites over here. That spirit of brotherly love is what they hope to give back to these two tiny towns. Which town is better? <laughs> <Time. laughs> yeah, it's a time. Yeah, yeah. By love. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Special. I think it's real special for our families, for our dad and relatives in heaven are sitting watching us. They would be proud of us. Meg Oliver, CBS News on the Paulsboro, Greenwich Township border in New Jersey. Cities of brotherly love. Well, that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. Always on the go? Now you can take CBS Mornings with you. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews with today's leading figures in politics, business, and entertainment in the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. Available every weekday wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.